0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hit The Apex Podcast, it's Jawad here as always, thank you for joining me. Wow, <laughs> what a Grand Prix that was in Sakia. Um, I just couldn't believe it, the result and just the way everything panned out, you know, even in, even the circumstances leading up to the race for example, you know, with Hamilton testing positive for COVID and then missing, we had, you know different drivers on the grid, Jack Jack Aitken and um, Pietro Fittipaldi, George Russell stepping up to Mercedes, you know, I think it was a re- recipe for something great to happen and it did, uh, I actually just watched a replay of the race again earlier, <laughs> literally just finished it while I was having my dinner and, you know, it just, yeah, had the makings for an amazing race and it's just, you know, you I think, you know, why can't we have this week in, week out, or why can't the championship battle be this close, but you know, there's there's reasons to that, and I'm sure in the future it's going to be a lot better for the sport, but yeah, anyway, I hope everyone's well this week, uh, we're slowly winding our way down for for 2020, for the Formula One season, of course, we've got one race to go this weekend, and then um, only a couple of weeks left in the year too so you know i'm sure there'll be a heap of people who are um just hoping for 2020 to finish and you know that's perfectly understandable um hope you guys can enjoy uh what's left of this year as well if um if you can enjoy it but the Sakia grand prix let's get straight into it and who would have thought that sergio perez would win the race you know first F1 win for him, you know, 190 starts that he's had in his career, you know, the travesty itself that he might not be on the grid next year, this could be his final race this weekend in in Formula One there at Abu Dhabi, but focusing on the now and, you know, what happened there at the secure circuit, Perez, just unbelievable, he just well-deserved win, you know, a long time coming. And I've written a piece on Perez actually, which I'm going to publish um, hopefully tonight and it'll be up on the on the Raw tomorrow, just about, you know, how it is a travesty that he's not going to be on the grid next year, potentially, you know, there's that possibility that, you know, Red Bull might take him up, but um, Red Bull saying that they're going to wait till after the season to make a decision, seems more likely that, you know, they'll probably keep Albon um No no offence to the guy, you know, and I've stood up for Albon in the past here as well, but, you know, if you want, you know, the best possible team, you know, especially if you want to go after the Constructors' Championship, you want to support Max Verstappen for a Drivers' Championship as well, then you need someone like Perez, who is a known points accumulator, he's, you know, Mr. Consistent, he's, you know, been able to get the best out of a package that hasn't been the greatest, you know, when you look back to when he made the move to Force India um, following that horrible year at McLaren, you know, aligning with when McLaren had their beginning of the end in that little period um, when Ron Dennis came back and everything, so Perez knows how to get the results, knows how to get the results, he knows how to work the tyres as well, he's been a great tyre saver in this Pirelli era, um, contrast that with someone like Albon, who this year has just very rarely been able to match, you know, let alone beat the the pace of his teammate Verstappen and qualifying in the races, you know, he's had two podiums now, including the weekend before at the Bahrain Grand Prix, but then when you look at his performance this weekend, it's kind of back to nowhere or uh, whatever, so, and the shorter lap, I guess, you know, kind of exposes that deficit between himself and his teammate in qualifying a lot more, but, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> Perez, just, yeah, incredible, we expected it, you know, after you saw the, the pace and testing from uh Racing Point, you know, with the pink Mercedes, that whole controversy and everything, you know, there was um, thoughts from people that, you know, Racing Point would win a race this year, or, you know, at least be consistently on the podium, and, you know, they've kind of ticked that box and fulfilled it, but, you know, in a really emphatic way, I think, as well, for Perez to get his first F1 win, so going into, let's just, the gist of the weekend and everything, so obviously most of the focus coming into the race was around Mercedes and the fact that we didn't have Lewis Hamilton racing this weekend, George Russell was stepping up into his seat, Um, George actually was fastest on Friday in both sessions, uh, beating Valtteri Bottas of course, but then in qualifying Bottas turned it up, he was on pole ahead by 0.02 of a second over Russell, but then when you go, when you get to the race, the pressure, you know, you got to say was more so on Bottas than it is Russell, I mean, what does Russell have to lose, he's scored no world championship points up until this race, <clears throat> given the opportunity now to, to make his not debut, but, you know, debut for a big team, if you know what I mean, and yeah, you know, he just went all for it, whereas Bottas had another poor start, Russell leading the pack, a bit of shenanigans going on behind them, so you had the second row of the grid headed up by Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc was there too, but there was a bit of problems there between those guys, Leclerc collects Perez at turn four, Max, who's been cautious at this point, um kind of goes wide and has nowhere else to go but in the gravel and then into the barrier and then just like that you have two of your main men kind of out of the race both Leclerc and Verstappen already on the first lap and Perez you know won the race but he was back down in last position by the end of the first lap so um, that incident as well you know disappointing Leclerc kind of Beat himself a bit up too much for it, I think, and a lot of people shared the same view on this. It could have been passed off as a racing incident, but, you know, the fact that kind of Leclerc put his hand up and admitted that, you know, he was entirely at fault, which he could have got away with saying nothing and probably not get a penalty for it for the next race in Abu Dhabi, three-place grid drop, I think, um, it would have been fine, but yeah, disappointing for Verstappen to, you know, for once be cautious and then still get caught out in some trouble, and, um, miss out on an opportunity to capitalise when Mercedes sort of capitulated later on in the race, um, with their pit stop blunder, which I will go over, but, Going back to the the chronology of the race, uh, Perez down in P18, when the safety car came out, of course, at the end of the first lap, you had Lando Norris, who was at the back of the grid, actually, with some power unit penalties, up to P10, so he made a good start. Instead of last lap, Lando, it was first lap, Lando, making some good moves to get up there, and of course, that battle in the championship for third, McLaren came into the race in third in the Constructors' Championship but then with the result for Racing Point, you know, they came out of the race uh, dropping 10 points behind, so, you know, this is where it was a bit of a, you know, disappointing race for McLaren in, in, in lead, you know, conceding that lead that they had, um, but they still scored some good points on the day to keep that points battled within 10 points, so yeah, that'll be more on it when we get to the Abu Dhabi preview part of this podcast, but... Restart-wise, we saw George get away again real quick, uh, Carlos Sainz was actually up in third and pressuring Valtteri Bottas at this stage, you had Daniel Ricciardo, Danny cafiat behind as well, so there's a bit of a train forming behind Sainz, and Bottas in a way was a cork in the bottle, Bottas was able to break free of Sainz, and then Sainz kind of held, held it together in third, Perez had started his climb back up the order as well, while we had Russell controlling the race out the front. Um, We've gone into some pit stops, so coming into the race, it was like, well, you want to make as few pit stops as possible because you lose, you know, half a lap, basically, um, given that there's a sub-60 second lap around this circuit. So, we saw McLaren try to undercut with Carlos Sainz to keep him ahead of those guys, Ricardo and Kvyat, um, they did succeed in that. Although Kvyat ended up undercutting Ricardo, so that was a bit of a um, blunder there for Renault and for for the Aussie. Checo got up to P3 because he had uh, obviously taken new tyres at the end of the first lap for his stop, and you know, basically all these guys were behind him now, Mercedes, you know, they were able to stretch their stints out to, you know, lap 45 for, for Russell, and, you know, even though we hear week in, week out from, from Lewis that, um, tires are dead, Bono, my tires are dead, you know, that was kind of the opposite with Russell, he was like, oh yeah, they're fine, tires are fine, even though the, um, the AWS graphic that they have for the tire life, uh, showed that his, I think front tires were at 10%, life, so yeah, you know, not looking very good on the graphic, but yeah, George seemed a bit okay with them, um, but then not too far after that, and yeah, with, with Russell and the f- first pit stop there, the Mercedes, it was all good, he got to keep the lead as well over Bottas, but there was a bit of uh, panic about 10 laps later on lap 55 when we had a virtual safety car come out uh, with Nicholas Latifi pulling over to the side of the circuit, he was out of the race. Uh, McLaren and Renault kind of reacted a bit too late, you know, just as the virtual safety car ended. They came into the pits, pits which, you know, the unfortunate timing of that effectively put uh, Science and Ricardo out of contention for, you know, they were basically fighting over third at that point in the race, but, you know, basically put them behind um, the queue, which was headed up by, uh, you had Lance Stroll up there, Esteban Ocon, who, you know, they were stars of the one-stop uh, during the race, and Perez as well, who you know he did make a second stop later in the race, but those three guys had basically skipped Science and Ricardo. So, disappointing for those two there, and you know, for Renault, a bit of a blow as far as you know getting their lead driver up there to score the maximum points. But this did put Ocon into play, which was very good. Um, but then the race was turned on its head uh, with a safety car coming out when Jack Aitken lost his front wing swiping the barrier at the final corner, so he kind of loses it on the outside and swipes the barrier and just, you know, manages to get into the pit entry as well actually to to save his race, but because of the um, wing and debris out on the track, they had to put out the safety car. Mercedes, you know, they reacted pretty much immediately, they wanted to double-stack both their cars and this is where again, you know, they were caught out, you know, trying to be on their toes because they weren't actually prepared, um, they, well, Russell, obviously, the race leader, came in first, but they put on Bottas's tyres onto his car, and then, realising that they had no tyres there to put on Bottas's car, they, the tyres that they took off Bottas's car, Um, they had to put back on so then later on George had to come back in you know making a third stop to put those tyres to put his tyres on sorry, I should say to and then rejoin fifth whereas Bottas you know they couldn't risk him coming back in and you know possibly ruining his race further Uh, so they left him out there on those hard tyres that he had on since you know whenever he made his first pit stop so basically yeah the the luck for Bottas it's just you know Martin Brundle said it during the commentary you know he's you know he'd had no luck if he had if he didn't have the bad luck at all something like that so and it's again you know the weekend where you would have thought that Bottas would come out and take the initiative he would show he's the team leader and get the result for the team um while Hamilton is away instead it just goes from bad to worse for him and you know he's outshined by this uh I'm not going to say rookie, but, you know, this, this new kid that's coming to the team just for the weekend, possibly for the next weekend too in Abu Dhabi, um, and then, you know, this pit stop uh, problem kind of just is the icing on the cake, so, you know, Bottas ends up, you know, he's still got the position on the track, but on those old tyres, it left him pretty much vulnerable, whereas uh, Russell, you know, he had the fresh tyres finally on his car, but the threat of a penalty kind of loomed over his head. I know it wasn't talked about too much in the broadcast, but they did the stewards investigate that, uh, with the tires the wrong tires, sorry. The wrong tires being put on his car um is kind of a breach. So they investigated that after the race and fined the team twenty thousand Pounds or twenty thousand euros or something like that. So he escaped any kind of penalty, but we did get to see after the lap sixty nine restart when Sergio Perez was now the race leader. That Russell basically made mincemeat of his teammate, Ocon, sorry, his teammate Bottas, and then he also made passes on Ocon and Stroll, got himself back up to second, and you know, on the prowl for for Perez as well, which you know, on those. Um, new tyres, I'm sure he would have caught Perez by the end of the race, but that was all before a puncture then crawled his brilliant day, so that, yeah, it was just, you know, I'm sure there was collective heartbreaks all over the world when that happened, um, everyone was rooting for George this weekend, he ended up dropping to P15 and despite his fight back, you know, actually on the soft tyre and Getting himself into P9 to score his first F1 points, I think it just didn't seem as, you know, joyous as it would have been because he was in that position to win the race. You know, he his overtake on Bottas um, after the say second safety car restart was just, you know, even though Bottas was on old tyres, um, you know, it was just like no, no, nothing being held back. He was just didn't didn't want to. Uh, He wasn't being conservative at all, it was just one of those awesome moves of send it, and yeah, you know, it just, it's exciting, you know, that's what we want to see, you know, if imagine if he was teammates with Hamilton, you know, and the trouble he would give Hamilton, I'm sure you know, people have been talking about that all week and everything, but I don't think it's going to happen given that, you know, Hamilton rather likes, you know, the the harmony that he has within the team with Bottas as his teammate, basically, the rear gunner, so as depressing as it is for Bottas, I think, you know, even though Russell's day was, um, ended up being pretty bad and we all feel for sad for, for him, I think for Bottas especially it was pretty, pretty tough because, this was his opportunity to, to take the win, to take the, um, to get the plaudits without his teammate, or, you know, with, without Lewis there, for example, but it didn't happen, and to add insult to, to add insult to injury, he ended up, you know, racing again with that same rotten luck he has been all year, and ended up finishing down in eighth, yeah, so Mercedes finishing eighth and ninth, um, and, you know, even Russell's first points did not seem very, you know, it wasn't as grand as, as an occasion as we thought it would be, so, you know, that's why we're kind of hoping that um, if Hamilton is unable to pass the COVID test or whatever and be able to travel from Bahrain to Abu Dhabi, which is due today, I think, so I hadn't, we haven't heard anything, I mean, I've got Twitter open, trying to figure out or, you know, keep refreshing in case there is an announcement, so I could make a live announcement possibly on this show if um, we find out about Hamilton uh, being able to race in Abu Dhabi. (laughs) So, yeah, Mercedes aside, um, sorry, Racing Point, you know, the day belonged to Checo, to Racing Point as well, Checo made the point that um, the win was on merit as well and given how he was at the back of the field at the end of the first lap, it is one of those epic fight backs um, and just one of those drives that we see Sergio put in, that he has put in throughout his career, you know, those epic recoveries, you know, he can make the tyres go the distance. He isn't much of a firebrand, although he was, you know, kind of in the early part of his career, but he knows how to get the results, and, you know, as a result, the team Racing Point, they had their best result to date, you know, with Lance Stroll featuring on the podium as well in P3, so first time that they've had a double podium, you know, first win for that team under this skies, I don't think they want to race as Force India, um, so you'd have to go back to the Jordan days, um, in the 90s to to have their last win or i think it was early 2000s i should have probably looked that up but that's all right um and you know when you look at what happened last week you know worried about the team were worried about not having enough spares after the previous race the Bahrain grand prix having a double dnf and now they've uh, gone for the wins so yeah just hard not to hold back the emotion like checo there and especially given the fact that he could be not on the grid next year it just makes it all the more just makes it all the more emotional in a way and it's just so hard to i think you know just speaking personally now it just makes it so hard to as much as you know the team is about all the personnel, you know, when you look at all the mechanics and the engineers and the the team management people, it's not all about one person, you know, being the team owner, Lance, Lawrence Stroll, um, it's hard to like uh, the team, you know, given that this is the, given that this is the reality, you know, and that's no disrespect to the, as I said before, all the people that work within the team, but it just leaves a really bitter taste in my mouth that, um, you know, because Stroll wants his son racing for the team, and they've brought in Sebastian Vettel. That there's no room for for Sergio Perez. It's just like, even though he's just won you a race, you know, you just uh, could use all sorts of expletives here, but just to keep this podcast PG rated, I think I will not. So, yeah, you know, ah, uh, again, it's just the same. It's the same thing that you know we've been talking about all year with Racing Point ever since. We heard, we knew the news of, um, Checo's impending departure. But yeah, just, you know, the team that he saved from extinction, you know, all that jazz that we've repeated time and time again, just leaves a bitter taste in the mouth. So. Anyway, um, great as well, an emotional result as well for Esteban Ocon to finish um, with tears on the podium too, finishing second. And this is just a week after, or, you know, less than a week after where we were saying, or I was saying that, you know, it's going to be tough for Ocon. You know, he's not really impressed anyone this year and the next year lining up against Fernando Alonso. is he going to be able to cut the mustard? And I think, you know, this result really... Um, kind of just vindicates his place there, and you know he's done a great job. You know maybe he hasn't been on the same level as Ricardo all year, but you know just that effort that he's put in, you know he the podium is deserving. And who would have thought that Renault would have had three podiums this year too? So so he was good good on him for collecting some trophies this year. I'm sure it'll be the first of many for Rock on if he um continues to rise in his career. But um, yeah, you know. The, the racing point thing, it just, uh, it, it really bothers me, man, it really bothers me, but um I'm sure I'll get over it, <laughs> I can't wait to see Aston Martin on the grid next year, and, you know, that name return, and see if Sebastian Vettel can um, kind of revive his own career, because, yeah, again, no points for him this weekend, he was kind of anonymous, actually, uh, so, you know, he's probably just what do you call it? You know, counting down the um the days until he officially finishes up as a Ferrari driver. You know, it's not long to go now. Just um basically away. You know, a few days until Monday morning, or even just after the race on Sunday night, he will no longer be a Ferrari driver. So there we go. And then, as I said with Leclerc too, he's got that three place grid penalty for Bar. Sorry for Abu Dhabi. Next weekend, um, science, I guess you know, he was left to rue, and so was Ricardo. That ill timed virtual safety car pit stop that they did. Um, science actually came within half a second of stroll at the end there, and I was like, Oh, if we had another lap or another two laps, and that's why you know the short lap is such a, a bummer because you know I'm sure. Science would have been able to on the fresher tires get past Stroll, but um, just ran out of time there. Ricardo solid in fifth as well, and then behind you had Albon in sixth, Kvyat seventh, um, and then rounding out the points we had Lando Norris. Um, so where he basically got up to on the first lap, he ended up staying for the rest of the race, so last lap, Lando didn't do any last lap heroics, uh, ended up getting a point, so yeah, all the points basically crucial in that Constructors battle with Racing Point, um, 10 points separating those guys now with Racing Point back up there and just, you know, I guess reflecting on that, you know, when you look back at the whole year and, you know, I've been pretty staunch in my support for McLaren and saying, yeah, their consistency is what's going to get them over the line, you know, and even if it happens this weekend, that'll be great because Racing Point, as I said before, are a team that, had the car this year to to win you know to be on the podium more consistently but they haven't you know they've had you know their drivers you know Perez has missed two races yet he's fourth in the driver's championship so let's not even (laughs) you know think where he would be if um how further up he would be if he didn't have the positive COVID test that he did over the Silverstone races, Lance Stroll as well, of course, missing a race with a positive COVID test, or sorry, not positive COVID test, but he was, he was ill there at the Eiffel Grand Prix at Nürburgring, so, you know, with those lost opportunities, I think Racing Point would have been a bit further up, and, you know, if McLaren do end up finishing third in the Constructors, then that'll be, you know, an ultimate credit to them, because they haven't had the fastest car in that little battle all year, you know, they've been focusing development on next year as well, but then both drivers have been able to get the maximum points out of the car whenever they can, so making very minimal mistakes, you know, science will be an asset to Ferrari next year, you know, especially while they're still in this recovery phase and everything, and if he takes these performances this consistency over there, I'm sure they'll score a lot more points than they did this year. Um, next time out, so yeah, you know, for Racing Point, great on them for winning the race. But if they do not finish third in the constructors, then you might have to say, oh well, you know, it was a bit of a a bit of a letdown in that respect. But hey, you know, they've got the trophies in the cabinet. What's that? You know, two two trips to the podium and three races for Perez and you know, bloke still doesn't have a driver next year, it's just, oh, what do you do, and you know, while I'm on that subject, let's talk about um, Haas, you know, because a bit of a controversy overnight with Nikita Mazepin, you know, who's going to be driving for the team next year, he was uh, kind of condemned by the Haas team or they were kind of left no choice but to condemn him for some lewd actions that he posted on social media I think he was groping um a female there that was with him in the car or something very very you know inappropriate or whatever to put that up on social media especially someone in his position you know is a Grand Prix or soon to be Grand Grand Prix driver there's an image that comes with that and you don't post that kind of kind of stuff on that, you know, we see that, um, you know, with sports people and social media all the time, you know, getting into trouble, you know, you look at the footy players, NRL players and stuff here that, you know, they do their TikTok stuff, um, oh, that, you know, TikTok fad <laughs> from earlier this year, you know, TikTok and, you know, all this um sex tape nonsense that, you know, we've we've heard about over the years and stuff, so, you know, it was kind of very bad, and then just the whole thing about him, even over the weekend there in the feature race in F2, you know, ends up with two five-second penalties, you know, he's trying to take Yuki Tsunoda off going into the pit lane, and then even coming out of the pits, he was um, not really, you know, being very, you know, not being very nice, that sounds very, you know, naive or whatever, but, you know, just not giving an inch, but, you know, crossing the boundaries, you know, as we talked about last week, and then um, down the pit straight, he was holding up Felipe Drugovic as well, and, you know, what what's this guy on, you know, just because, you know, his dad's going to be bringing significant investment into the team, you know, he can't, Act like that, you know, and, you know, Haas and Gunter Steiner have already said that they've got their work cut out for them next year, but it's like, well, why'd you choose him then, you know, when you've got someone like Perez who can bring just as much funding to the team, you know, and long-term as well, because, you know, let's be fair, Perez at 30 still has a couple of years left up his sleeve um, in Formula One, you know, he signed that long-term deal, uh, you know, at the start of the year, or whether it was last year with Racing Point or whatever, and I said, well, that's going to see him out to the end of his F1 career, hopefully. But you know how wrong I was with with that um, with that reflection. But yeah, you know, I'd I'd rather take Perez at Haas than than this Mazapin guy. You know, Haas have had to come out and put a statement saying that those actions were abhor- abhorrent and they don't condone them at all. Is that good enough though? Like, are they going to be losing results next year because of? Mazepin, you know, just not wanting to to learn or anything like that, you know, on one hand you've got Mick Schumacher who, you know, I'm sure he'll be a sponge coming into F1, you know, just wanting to soak it all up and learn, you know, and develop into a great driver. Why not put someone like a Perez next to him who will be able to offer guidance and he has the experience, he's a benchmark, you know, to work off as well. Instead we just got this effective moron in in Mazepin, I'm sure, you know, you'll have to do something incredible, I think, to win over the crowd next year, I think, because, yeah, I don't think he's got too many fans at the moment, um, that being said, you know, people can, in his favour, can make the argument like, oh, you know, Perez is a pay driver, there's all sorts of pay drivers all over the grid, it's like, yeah, but, you know, we don't have any at the moment uh, that are as, you know, full of themselves, let's say, as as Mazepin there, you know, Santino Ferrucci was another driver who wanted to just cause trouble and stuff like that, but, you know, look at where he ended up after, you know, when Haas ended up ultimately uh, giving him the sack, even though he was just their development driver or their reserve driver or whatever, gave him the sack, you know, he went over to IndyCar, kind of made a name for himself there, but, you know, ultimately his actions led to led him to you know losing the opportunity there in F1 same story with Romano Fenati like I still don't respect the guy given all the heinous stuff that he's done in the past you know in in Moto2 ended up being kicked out of the VR46 academy he ended up finding his way back onto the Moto3 grid or whatever but you know, the guy just still irritates me, in a way, (laughs) Um, just doesn't seem like someone who's going to learn from past mistakes and behaviours, and if you've got a guy like Mazepin now, you know, who's going to just be a wild child coming in, not really remorseful about his actions and everything, especially on the the track, you know, if something terrible happens on on his account, then, you know, that's going to be awful, is he going to learn from that, you know, I mean, people can say, oh, you know, Kvyat was bad as the torpedo, but at the same time, he, you know, he had some great races as well, you know, he was a good prospect back in the day, Uh, Grosjean, you know, he at least learned from his stuff and ended up having a decent career too, so, yeah, just... if I was Haas right now, I'd be like, right, you know, that's it, we draw the line with this, and, um, let's, let's put Checo in the car, I think, you know, that it'd be good for them too, you know, um, to get that exposure with a proven race winner to, to come in and, um, take over. All right, then, onwards to Abu Dhabi, and, um, still no confirmation, um, about Lewis Hamilton returning from his, uh, spell with COVID, you know, and important to point out too, um, Hamilton was actually displaying uh, symptoms when he, when he ultimately tested positive, so it wasn't an asymptomatic uh, result like, I think, Checo was earlier in the year, so, but he has started training again, has Hamilton, the, the travel's still a question mark, so if he is not going to race this weekend, and let's be fair, you know, what's, what else does he have to accomplish this season, you know, he's not going to get that 100th pole position now this year, is he, but, um, you know, he's already wrapped up the championship, Mercedes have got the constructors in the bag, so, you know, why not, you know, give the opportunity to George Russell to shine again, you know, after that first weekend of learning, Um, he could, be given the opportunity to just, yeah, run rings around Bottas, and Bottas, who's been dismal all year, you know, he kind of needs to end this year with a win if he, uh, if Hamilton isn't going to race, because let's be fair, if Hamilton does race, there is still very little chance that um, Bottas is going to beat him, so, you know, it's an opportunity for Bottas to get a leg up for next year, but boy, you know, what's going to happen, and I, I don't think, you know, as much as, you know, the the drums are beating and, you know, people want to see Russell in the Mercedes full-time as early as next year, I don't think it's the greatest thing to do, as exciting as it will be. I think if Hamilton ends up putting pen to paper for another Mercedes deal, Bottas already has a contract there, they're not going to want to split them up, split that team up, you know, or cause any kind of rifts between um, Hamilton and the team, you know, I think, maybe there was that talk about Mercedes using Russell as a bargaining chip to, you know, say to Hamilton, well, you know, if you're not going to commit to us next year, then we've got this, you know, hot young talent. (laughs) When I say hot young talent, I don't mean anything, you know, anything sexual, so don't get too carried away with that. Um, This, you know, prospect here that, you know, could easily do as, do a good job, you know, probably not to the same calibre as Hamilton, and that's a debate for another time where people are like, oh, what does that say about Hamilton's legacy, it just means he's got the best car, you know, it's nothing to do with him at all, yes, he's got the best car, but why isn't his teammate doing as well, why didn't Rosberg win every other year as well, so, you know, there's still the case to be made that, you know, Hamilton's the ultimate talent, Yes, it would be good to put Hamilton into a a worse off car, put him in the Williams perhaps and see how he does, but at the same time it's like, I think people just need to move on into the future, like now, once Hamilton comes and goes and his reign ends, we're going to do that with the next person, like let's say Red Bull decide to set up a, a dynasty and then Verstappen wins the next six, seven world championships in a row, Um, From twenty twenty two onwards, are we going to say say the same thing about him? So it just it just seems like this unnecessary desire to hold on to the past, you know. And probably at the time, people would have said the same thing about you know the Ferrari and Michael Schumacher partnership or whatever. But then they're not going to admit that now, because it's like, they're using that as ammunition against, you know, Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton, it's like, okay, whatever, you know, I mean, I'm not defending the guys, you know, I think they're doing a great job, and we need to respect that, you know, my my team is McLaren, um, we've had some really tough years and everything, and I haven't lost faith in them, you know, it's it's we continue on and everything, but, you know, I don't want to be accused of being, you know, a Mercedes sympathizer or a secret Mercedes fan or anything like that, yeah, you know, I've always liked the Silver Arrows going back to my days, you know, supporting McLaren Mercedes and I can't wait to get um, my hands on some gear next year with with those two coming back together, but it's like, you know, it's going to be the same, I think people just get older and more grumpier about things and, you know, just and row, look, wanting to look through the rose tinted spectacles at um how good the past was i'm sure you know in 20 years time we'll be saying oh how good was 2020 you know the year that hamilton won 11 races and won his 7th world championship and if they're the same people who are giving them grief now it'll be like eating a bit of humble pie are you now or just you know taste of hypocrisy <laughs> Anyway, I needed to have that rant because it's like, yeah, you know, Russell's doing a great job and I think he is going to be a better talent than Bottas, you know, but I think putting Russell up against Hamilton, you know, Hamilton's the kind of driver who, you know, after the the stuff with Rosberg and everything, you know, does he want to go through another psychological battle like that? You know, it'd be good actually, I think, one of these years we should, so if, let's say, next year it stays the status quo they dump Bottas for 22 and bring in Russell, Russell versus Hamilton I think will be great because, you know, Hamilton will be tested against, you know, the next generation, um, you know, next generation of British driver as well, and then if Russell beats Hamilton, you know, what does that say about Russell, you know, is he a seven-time world champion of the future, but yeah, you know, so we just need to be respectful of, you know, what Hamilton's achieved and everything, you know, whether you like them or not, that's your problem, but don't go saying that, you know, oh, it's just because, you know, it shows that Hamilton's got, you know, just the best car and that's the only reason you just put your foot on the accelerator and you win the race, you know, like you're playing uh, F1 2020 or something, you know, the video game, I'd like to see any of you guys jump into the Mercedes and see if you could win a race, there you go, let alone um, complete a couple of laps, you know, with some competitive lap times, I'm not saying that I could either, but, um, you know, at least I'm not being all brash and coming out and saying, you know, I'm the best and everything like that good on Mercedes as well, they're going to run a special livery um, in Abu Dhabi to honour their staff through what's been a pretty difficult year this year, I think it's a good reminder as well to say how grateful we should be for the fact that we've even had an F1 season this year, you know, 17 races, we didn't think we would even get 15 or any at all going back to like April and whatnot after the cancellation of the Australian Grand Prix, so important time to reflect and be grateful of what we have seen this year, you know, 13 drivers on the podium out of the 23 that we've had race this year, you know, not a number that you see all the time, you've had Alpha Tauri win a race with Pierre Gasly there at Monza, you know, repeating that magic of Sebastian Vettel in 07, you had, sorry, in 08, you had also now Racing Point and Sergio Perez win a race as well this year, McLaren been on the podium a few times, you've had Renault on the podium three times as well, including first podium for Ocon over the weekend, so yeah, thank you, thank you to the guys who were able to get this season up and running, you know, Chase Carey, all the F1 people, all the teams as well, it's just, you know, it would have been I think we would have been worse off this year if we didn't have F1 to watch, you know, and what would have the bashers done then, you know, the snooze festers and everything, so I think, yeah, it's grateful to have the season, and yeah, ignore all that other um, noise and everything. Max Verstappen, obviously, miserable race there at the Sakhir Grand Prix, he said he's going to go the full send this weekend, he's got nothing to lose anyway, so, you know, it'd be good, you know, if he could get a win under his belt, even though Mercedes, you know, kind of have Abu Dhabi as their fortress, Um, they've been unbeaten in the hybrid era at Yas Marina, Hamilton's had four of four out of the six wins that Mercedes have taken, so, you know, it would be something if Max could get up there and win, I think, you know, it's going to be an important year for them next year, depending on, you know, what kind of developments they can do, Um, final year with Honda as well, power unit next year, so, you know, this year has been very disappointing in that respect, that they haven't been able to, to challenge at any point, you know, um, for the championship, or even just on weekends, apart from that, that one weekend in Silverstone where Max was able to win, but more, you know, we'll do more of that kind of post-mortem stuff, um, I think, at the end of the season, I think, after this episode, I'm expecting to do at least two more, at most two more, even, yeah, so I do have plans to Christmas Eve, I will be out of town, for two weeks, so I want to wrap it all up before then, hopefully, (laughs) and enjoy some holidays, some, you know, well-earned holidays, I think, you know, everyone who has been working throughout the pandemic and is able to spend the holiday season with some loved ones and, you know, go, go out and explore, go for it, you know, I think you've all deserved it. The midfield battle then, it's come down to the wire. Ten points between Racing Point and McLaren for third in the Constructors. You look back at last year and Perez beating Lando... Uh, for I think tenth in the drivers' championship that day, so those guys have some history here. Hopefully, we get another epic wheel-to-wheel battle between those guys, and then you know, Lando and and Carlos as well. Given that it's Science's last race for McLaren, I think the ultimate parting gift would be to give a result that'll get them third in the Constructors' Championship, which, you know, for Racing Point is something that they've never done before. McLaren, you know, would be their best result in the Championship since 2012. So, long-suffering McLaren fan here, and, you know, if we can get it done, it would be amazing. Going, Going back to Renault, it's 22 points. I guess they're outsiders in this battle at the moment, so... You'd have to rely on some kind of craziness to happen for Renault to be able to get up there or even move up into to fourth, where McLaren are at the moment. But, you know, Abu Dhabi, the final race of the year, it's always about, you know, the end of the year and, you know, the end of the ten. The end of some tenures as well for some drivers, of course. You know, Magnussen is out, he'll be off to Imsa next year, racing for Chip Ganassi. Danik Fiat, I'm pretty sure that this will be his last race in F1. You know, and then you look at the possibility of Perez, you know, him, him off, or it could be Alex Albon, for example. Um, Roman Grosjon we already know will not be racing this weekend. He's back home with his family, which has been really warming to see, you know, so we'll have Pietro Fittipaldi race again in the place of Grosjean this weekend. Mick Schumacher, the newly anointed Formula Two world champion, doing the, you know, we're not worthy Wayne's World <laughs> bow, um, he will be making his FP1 debut though for Haas this weekend, you know, he was supposed to do it back at the Eiffel Grand Prix, but um, the bad weather on the Friday prevented that when he was going to do it with Alfa Romeo, so he's going to get himself acquainted with that Haas car early, Um, through FP1, so that'll be good to see, and then, you know, the likes of Ricardo last race for Renault, Science last race for Ferrari, sorry, not for Ferrari, for McLaren, it's Sebastian Vettel's last race for Ferrari as well, so how they gonna see him off to, hopefully, you know, he can score a point or something like that, Um, that'll be great. I think that's um, the bulk of them I've covered, Uh, is there's no one else who's who's moving next year that I haven't already talked about, but, um, you know, yeah, it's just that end-of-term feeling, you know, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix hasn't been the most exciting race um, since 2012, let's say. Uh, I still have my fond memories of going there in 2014 and witnessing the, the championship finale between Rosberg and Hamilton, even though that turned out to be a bit of a damp squib at the end of the day. But it's just, you know, a truly epic um, venue, epic circuit, a great vibe, I think. And um, even without the fans this year, I think, you know, we'll, it'll just be emotional because, as I said before, just the gratitude that we finally got through it. You know, we finally got through this 17 race championship and we're at the end. So, yeah, can't say much more than that. You know, whoever wins over the weekend, good on them. Um, and that's it, you know, we'll be back, I'll be back next week, of course, to wrap it all up, maybe give some final thoughts um, on 2020, you know, or leave that for a separate podcast, I think, you know, let's do a, not a traditional season review, I don't like doing those things, I just more like giving reflections and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's more, I guess, personable when you do it that way, Um, works for me anyway, so yeah, I can have a ramble too, just drift off, you know, the rest, so, anyway, guys, we made it, so, thank you, of course, for tuning in again, look us up on Twitter, at HitTheApexMedia, um, I don't really tweet much, except for when I release a new podcast, or, you know, want to post some, some graphics for the championship standings and stuff, maybe that's something I should, you know, focus on doing next year, is possibly tweeting a bit more from there, but anyway, it's, you know, it is what it is, um hope you have a good weekend this weekend um stay safe wherever you are in the world as always and look after one another and we'll be back for one last race review next week so take it easy and enjoy